Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. Well, shalom and God bless you. Welcome to Fruit of the Vine Ministries. My name is John Davison. We are continuing our study on Ephesus, heading into the Book of Ephesians series, where we are going to discuss what it truly means to walk just like Jesus in this world, to understand and to fully develop what Jesus paid for inside of us so that it can manifest in this realm. In other words, Jesus has already bought and paid for us to live and to be just like him in this world. He paid for our salvation. In other words, we're talking about our eternal destination. We will be with Father in heaven. However, when Jesus told us to pray, he said to pray on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there is this this divine connection, this 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 parallel happening between the natural and the supernatural. In the supernatural realm, you have already been, if you're born again and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have already been brought into the brotherhood, the fellowship of believers. But in the natural realm, Jesus has also paid for you to walk out everything that Jesus himself walked out. He said that if he be lifted up, he'd draw all men unto him. But he also said that he would give us the right to be called the children of God and that he was the first of many brethren. In other words, he's, he's the first of many that will be just like him in this world. The multiplication, the divine multiplication of Jesus himself in the kingdom of God on earth is not just a prayer to go to heaven. It, it, it is, it is salvation to bring heaven back to earth in you and through you. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Last week, last time we got together, we, we discussed the seven sons of Sceva. And I really felt urged by the Holy Spirit to go back and talk about a specific topic that we discuss in Acts chapter 19 before moving forward in the rest of Acts chapter 19. What I'm talking about is Acts chapter 19 and verse 8. And this is discussing the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, it's discussing when he shares the gospel. And it says this. It says, listen now, in Ephesus, he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, lecturing and persuading concerning the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is what Paul was preaching. Remember when Jesus comes out of the wilderness right after his 40-day fast. He comes out of the wilderness and he says this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we have Paul preaching the kingdom. We have Jesus preaching the kingdom. The first thing Jesus preaches is he says, first off, repent, change your mind. Change your mind, which leads to a change of actions, concerning what I'm talking about. And what was he talking about? He was talking about the kingdom of God. So he's talking to Israel. He's talking to the Jewish people. And he's telling them they needed to change their mind about not just 
repentance for salvation, but changed their mind about the kingdom of God because they had a misunderstanding of the kingdom of God. So what exactly is the kingdom of God and where is the kingdom of God located? So if Paul's talking to Ephesus and he's talking to the Ephesians and he's trying to persuade them concerning the kingdom of God, we need to define what the kingdom of God is and where it's located at. Jesus tells us exactly where the kingdom of God is located. Now listen, there's many, many aspects of the kingdom of God. There's many things that the kingdom of God is. is. In other words, the kingdom of God was, the kingdom of God is, and the kingdom of God will be. As it sits right now in this particular time frame, we, we need to discuss where the kingdom of God is right now while the church is here. The church is, is on earth, alive and well, and the Holy Spirit is in every believer. This is where the kingdom of God resides. Listen to what it says here. Some Pharisees came to Jesus and they were asking him about the kingdom of God. Now this is in Luke 17 verse 20. It says, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them. He says, the kingdom of God does not come with observance, nor will they say here it is or there it is, for the kingdom of God is within you. So listen now, Jesus is saying the kingdom of God, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes as your deposit, guaranteeing your salvation, your inheritance. The Holy Spirit gets put back inside of you. Now listen, remember now, in the beginning when Adam and Eve were in the cool of the garden with the Father, the Holy Spirit was inside of them. He was a part of them. It says that God made Adam out of the clay of the earth, the dirt, the, 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 the dirt of the earth, the mud there. And it says that he breathed the breath of life into, into the dirt, into the ground. And, and, and the ground became a living man. So in order for you to live, you have to have the spirit of God breathing upon you and breathing in you. When Adam and Eve sinned, they, it says that when they eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would surely die. But when they ate, did they fall over dead or did they keep, continue to live this life out on earth? Scripture tells us very plainly that when Adam and Eve ate, that they didn't die physically. They didn't fall to the ground dead as soon as they ate from the tree. However, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God left them and they died spiritually. When Jesus resurrects and he comes back to the disciples in the upper room, or in the room, he, he says to them, he says, receive the Holy Spirit, and he breathes upon them. Now, this is life. Life is having the Holy Spirit put back in you. Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, that you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. What does that mean? If you lay down your life and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you receive the Holy Spirit, and you truly find out what life was really destined for you to be like, because life is having the Holy Spirit inside of you. It is having the complete package that God originally designed in the cool of the garden that Adam and Eve lost, and Jesus Christ bought and paid for to have back inside of you. So he says, the Spirit, the kingdom of God is within you, and that is with the Holy Spirit inside of you. What is the Holy, what, what is the kingdom, though? So we know where the kingdom is, but we need to know what the kingdom is. In other words... The, the, the kingdom of God is within you is what Jesus tells us. Now, now again, we've already made this very clear according to Scripture. But what is the kingdom of God? So it's in you. We know the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is not the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. So what is the kingdom? And what is Paul trying to persuade people of in Ephesus? What is he trying to tell them? Romans fourteen seventeen. It says this. 
It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. In other words, the kingdom of God has nothing to do with, with, with your food and your into, in other words, it, it, it's not just this fleshly thing that you normally do. It says, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now listen, let me clarify this again. You cannot have righteousness, which is right standing with God. You cannot have true peace, which is perfect peace, which is completeness. The word there means completeness. In other words, put back in the way that you originally designed. And joy, you cannot have complete and utter joy without having the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God is righteousness, right standing with God, peace, completeness, exactly the way you were supposed to be from the beginning when God first set his eye on you and predestined you from the foundation of the, of the world. And joy, joy is not circumstantial. Joy is a, joy is a position of, of being, of just being exuberant and being excited about what God's doing, regardless of your circumstances or situation around you. You say, brother, well, that's just very hard. That, how do you do that? How do you, you know, we all have struggles. We all have problems. Yet, listen, in the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is guiding you and directing you in everything that you're doing, regardless of the trials and tribulations, the apostles still sang in prison. In other words, there's a place for the believer, regardless of your, your circumstances or your situations around you, where you can be in total joy because you know that you are completely covered and completely in relationship with the Father and nothing else matters. No matter how hard things may be or things may seem around you, no matter how difficult the situation may, may seem to be, you can have joy as you understand and you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God is within you when you, when you get born again, you get the Holy Spirit, and then you come into the fullness of who you were predestined to be from the foundation of the world, who you couldn't be when you had sin on your life, who you couldn't be when you didn't have the Holy Spirit, who you were incapable of being what God created you to be apart from the blood of Jesus Christ. You just couldn't be that. So Paul was coming and he was preaching. He's saying, listen, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. And let me give you a taste of what the kingdom of God is like and how you were destined to live by showing you the signs, the wonders, and the miracles. And regardless of the persecution that comes, I'm not moved. I'm not changing my story. I'm, I'm sticking to what I know is the truth. That is the kingdom of God operating in the life of a believer. And that's what Paul was preaching. So what is the, how do you get to this point? In other words, just because you get born again does not necessarily mean that as soon as you accept Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in, that all of a sudden you, you understand all of these things or you can walk in all of these things. In other words, you have access to walk into these things by the blood of Christ. It's not by works lest any man should boast. But it's through grace that comes. Grace comes through faith. Grace is God's supernatural empowerment for you to walk out what Jesus paid for and empowered you to live. So building the kingdom is a whole nother discussion we need to have here. So at this point, Paul's talking about the kingdom. Jesus says the kingdom is at hand. In other words, it's within your reach. It's within your grasp. And Paul's in Ephesus explaining to these people what the kingdom of God is like. And then all of a sudden, it says that, that these individuals were still in witchcraft and we covered this in, in, in the previous uh, study here, in the previous uh, broadcast, how these individuals, even though they accepted Jesus Christ, they were still living in witchcraft. In other words, the kingdom of God is within them. They have the Holy Spirit, but the kingdom of God is not manifesting. 
In other words, hear me now, the kingdom of God is not being built in their own lives. You might say, well, that doesn't seem to just sound right to me. Well, let me give you some scriptures to show you what it truly means to build the kingdom of God. What Paul was trying to establish before we go into the book of Ephesians and continue in, in, in Acts chapter 19 we're going to discuss here exactly what it means and what what is the purpose of all these New Testament writings. Why do we have all these New Testament? Is it just so that we can have the stories of what took place? Is it just so that we can hear about Jesus? Or, or are all of the letters to the churches specifically addressed to the believer because something is being done inside of the believer that, that is taking place on a day-to-day basis as we yield ourselves to the Word of God? And is that what we consider building the kingdom. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 for just a minute here. And I want to read this to you. And it says this in verse 5, what, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers who you believe, even the Lord as given to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. In other words, they're arguing at this point, they're arguing over who they're supposed to be following, whether Paul or Apollos. And Paul's saying, listen, wait a minute, I was planting something in you. Wait a minute, you, if you plant something, it's supposed to grow. How does it grow? Plants only grow when they're fed. In other words, he's likening us to a seed that was sown inside of our lives. As we get watered by the word of God, we grow. Listen to what he says. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. Listen to what he says now. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's building. You are God's vineyard. What's he saying? He said, listen, you are God's building. You are God's building. You are his vineyard. A vineyard you plant, you water, and then it grows and increases, and then it brings a multiplication. That's what a vineyard does. Building the kingdom of God is, is, is taking the word, listening to the Holy Spirit, heeding and submitting to the word so that you can come to maturity in Christ, and that's what it means to build the kingdom. I'm going to continue on here. Listen. According to the grace God which, to which God has given me, I as a wise master builder have laid a foundation, but others have built upon it. Now let each one take heed how he builds on it. For, one can lay another, for no one can lay in another foundation except for that which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. In other words, he's saying, you're going to be built up into something. And this is all built upon your experience coming to Jesus Christ and making him the chief cornerstone. The guide stone, the one whom is your foundation and you build everything upon. Listen to this. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, what foundation? Jesus. With gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, each one's work will be revealed. For the day of judgment will reveal it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work it is done. If anyone's work which he has built on the foundation endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, still going as though one through the flames. What's he saying? You're being built up into something, and how you build is going to be tested. Now listen, the judgment day is going to test the way that you've been built, whether or not you're truly a healthy believer or not. 
But I would like to suggest to you that every single day proves what you're building upon. In other words, are you in right relationship with God? Are you in peace and are you in joy on a daily basis? If not, we need to check and make sure that where we're operating from is from a kingdom perspective in submission to the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we're wasting our time trying to make things work based off of other things other than the word of God and the instructions that we've been given. Listen to what he says in verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells within you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy and you are his temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the building. Listen, if you're the church, if you're born again, you are the church. The church is not a building that we go into on a Saturday or a Sunday. The church is not four walls. We are the church. We are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit is within us and a kingdom is being built. And that's what Paul was bringing to the Ephesians. He was saying to them, listen now, everything you're living for up to this point, the witchcraft, the idolatry, the temple, all these things in Ephesus that were keeping people away from their destiny. Paul comes and says, this is what you were created for. This is what you were destined for. This is the good news. This is the power. This is the truth. This is the way, the truth, the life. And no one comes to the Father and their eternal destiny on, on in eternity and on earth, apart from coming to Jesus Christ, you have to accept Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, so that your sins can be removed, so the Holy Spirit can get in you, and so that you can live the way God created you to live from the foundation of the world. It's a good news gospel. This is good news. This is powerful stuff. And this is what Paul was trying to emphasize to them. Let's move along to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 builds upon this even further. 1 Peter chapter 2 tells us again about this building and this foundation. Listen to what he says here, starting at verse 4. Coming to Jesus Christ as living stone, as the living stone who was rejected by men but chosen by God and precious, you also are living stones. And you are being built up into a spiritual house as a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For also it is contained in the scriptures, look, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes in him shall never be put to shame. Again, this chief cornerstone. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. It kind of goes into the exact same language here. Therefore, holy brothers, partakers in the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who is faithful to him who appoints him as Moses was faithful in all his house. For the one who was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, it is he who builds the house and he has more honor than the house itself. In other words, Moses, God's saying here, Moses was a house, a temple, just like you are, just like me and you. But the one who built that house, in other words, Jesus who built that house, listen, receives more honor than the house itself for every house is built by someone. But the one who builds all things is God. Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant, testifying about those things that were to be spoken of later. But Jesus is faithful over God's house as a son 
whose house we are if we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of our hope firm till the end. And let's just dive into Ephesians for just a moment. And we'll give you a a little bit of a taste of of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 to 22 says this. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. Having been built, listen, he's saying you have been built. Having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the entire building, which you are tightly framed together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Oh my goodness. That is awesome. (laughs) I mean, that is so awesome. So you're being built. The kingdom is being built. So when Paul goes in, he's not just coming with a message of repent for your sins. You need to get born again. He's not just saying you're going to hell. No, he came in preaching the kingdom. And Jesus told us to preach the kingdom. Jesus told us to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, listen now, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. In other words, he's saying, I trained the disciples into a lifestyle that they were able to live with the Holy Spirit. And as soon as they got the Holy Spirit put in them, Peter's standing up on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people are getting saved. And Peter is talking about building the kingdom. And Paul goes out and he starts building the kingdom. He starts planting congregations and building these people. So every time he sends a word of correction, every time he sends a word of rebuke, every time he sends a word of teaching them how to live in holiness and righteousness, he's teaching them how to operate and live in the kingdom. He's not just trying to say bad, bad, bad. You guys need to get it right. He's trying to say that what you're doing is hindering you from walking just like I am in the born again experience. In other words, God's not trying to smack you over the head with a stick because he's mad at you. Although there is a point in time for God's wrath and God's judgment. But Hebrews says that, that, that we are, we're illegitimate children if we're not disciplined by God. In other words, God is really our father if we're disciplined by him. And discipline brings self-control and self-control allows you, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Self-control in the Holy Spirit teaches you how to live a disciplined and holy lifestyle so you can walk in what Jesus paid for you to walk in. And when we get into the book of Ephesians more, you're going to see this throughout. This foundation that we're setting here today, this understanding of the kingdom which we're setting here today, is what is going to to catapult you into walking just like Jesus if you'll wrap your head around this and if you'll do exactly what Jesus said. Repent. Listen, you need to change your mind about what the gospel really means. It's not just a prayer for you to go to heaven. It is for you to lay down your life so you can live the life you were destined to live in Christ Jesus and live and walk by the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. The gospel is powerful. The word of God is powerful. The word of God will cleanse you. It will, it will judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart so that they can be in alignment with God. So that you can walk free from sin, not walk free in sin, but walk free from sin. And you can be one who sets others that were that are still in captivity. You can set them free. You can set them free too. But you have to get free so that others can be free. You have to walk in righteousness 
peace and joy in the Holy Spirit so that other people will see your life and they will glorify our God in heaven. They'll say you're so different. You're just not that you're just not like everybody else. What is going on with you? How can you walk through that? How can you be that individual? And you can say to them that, listen, you need the Holy Spirit. You need to get born again. You need to come to the cross and you need to lay down the life that you think you have, you think you call life and truly find what life really means walking with Jesus and walking in fellowship with the Father. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, ladies and gentlemen. Brothers and sisters, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this study going through the book of Ephesians, when we get into the book, this study is going to just wreck everything in the demonic realm that has tried to set itself up against you, against the kingdom within you, and that has tried to keep you from walking in what Jesus has already paid for. I am so excited for what Father is doing through this study. I am so excited about what the Holy Spirit is teaching us through this study. And I am so excited for the higher revelation, the higher level of faith, the releasing of fullness of grace over your life. What what, what the Holy Spirit is going to do if you will just listen to the Word of God, if you will just seek out what I'm, what I'm speaking to you, if you will just hear the Word of God and be hearers, and be hearers and doers, and not just hearers and so deceiving yourselves, you will walk in power and might, and you will see the kingdom of God operate in your life. In Jesus' name, praise God. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222. Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davison. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them, and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints, and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in his perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, shalom.